Let's talk about love, baby. Let's talk about you and me. I promise I will never sing again for you unless I am making fun of my own abilities. Welcome back to Connect the Dots, bitch podcast. I am your host, Amy Fiedler, certified holistic life coach, Reiki master practitioner, trauma-informed. I am hilarious gorgeous, and just the person you want to listen to today. So strap yourself in. This is going to be a bumpy ride. Be sure to keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle. We are about to go on an adventure through the depths of love and relationships. Psych! We're going to talk about control, bitches. Control in love and relationships. So I hope you got a cocktail. It's only 11.15 here on the East Coast, but it's okay. Drink up your quarantini because you're going to want a little something-something to take the edge off what I'm about to say. The amount of knowledge I have obtained in the last few months of not really isolating myself, thank you, Corona, I don't know if I've learned so much about people and relationships. And, you know, I've learned a lot over the years, but I feel like Corona has fast-tracked my progress. So shout out to the virus. Above all viruses, I feel like we are in the wrong church right now. Like, I literally feel like I am the preacher from hell at the moment. Apologies, friends. Anywho, before I get into the topic that is now burning in your sphincter, I have to give you a little recap of my week. Why, you might ask? Well, because that's what the hell we do around here. That's why I talk about my life, I tell you my insights, and I connect the dots for you. Boop. Don't you worry. Your girl's going to stay on topic because that's what I'm doing these days. I am professional. So this past Saturday, I went over and had lunch with my parental units, Cheryl and Jeff. They are characters. If you've listened to me on Instagram, um, my stories, follow me at Amy the Life Coach. Minor little plug there. Uh, If you have listened to previous episodes of the podcast, if you are on my email list, if you read my blogs, I am not plugging these things. These are just all facets of me and my knowledge that I've extended to you. You know about Cheryl and Jeff. Cheryl and Jeff are two crazy characters, one of which I crawled out of her birth canal. And the other one contributed somehow. In the last podcast episode, I talked all about daddy issues. So if you've got daddy issues too, you might want to check that episode out. Today, I just want to talk about their relationship and my perspective of it for so long because I think this is really going to segue well into what I want to talk about, which is sometimes we see things one way. And then as we grow and evolve as an individual, those other people that we're looking at, they don't change. We change. 
And so the filter that we're looking through changes and everything changes. Our entire experience with that person or those people shifts. So I went over to their house. I do this weekly. Again, follow me on Instagram. My stories are hilarious. You will enjoy them. At least that's the feedback that I get. I find myself funny regardless, but y'all out there love it. So you get little glimpses of my visits with them, and we had lunch outside. I didn't think anything special was going to be going on, but they had the patio all set up for me, and my dad, bless his heart, always looks put out. Like, annoyed to be included, annoyed to not be included, which is really quite funny if you think about it. If you show up and you greet him, he probably will not greet you back, which is exactly what happened. I started to pull in the driveway and the man was shuffling around with his, like, you know, weed sprayer stuff that, like, kills the weeds on the sidewalk. And I'm pulling up in front of their garage doors and he's waving his arms at me to stop driving. So I just stop. And these days I just humor the man. So I roll down my window and I look at him and very casually go, where would you like me to park, sir? And he just points over to the left. So I got to back up and I got to pull up the other way and I get out and he's all invested in his little weed spraying equipment. And I casually, I don't go over to him. I know better than to try to get a hug or a kiss or anything like that. It's like pulling teeth. So I just casually kind of walk past him and I go, I brought you some wine. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he was very friendly about it. And then I mumble to myself as I walk in, little does the man know I already opened the bottle at my house, tasted it, hated it, plugged that shit back up, and don't sue me, drove with it, wrapped in plastic, in a bag. I know it was opened. I was very cautious and careful. But like, I wasn't going to get rid of a full open bottle of wine. I was going to gift it. To my parents, of course. So I walk in their house and I go to my mom. You know, dad was pulling his shenanigans in the driveway again, but he was really nice to me when I let him know that I brought a bottle of wine over. And she just looks at me and she goes, that'll change when he finds out you already opened and drank it. (laughs) I mean, we could say I set myself up for this stuff sometimes, but uh, whatever. So we're outside having lunch, and it's all wonderful and enjoyable, and then my mom goes, Amy, I want you to go through some of these pictures. I found some photo albums. Pull out what you want. Take them home with you. So she whips out these old photo albums, all like baby photos, older photos of my grandparents and my relatives and my mom and my dad, family picnics and whatever, and I love kind of like tripping down memory lane, especially when we stumble upon all baby Amy photos of her staring at food or shoving it in her mouth. Every single, I kid you not, every single picture of me at somebody else's birthday party, picnic, barbecue, whatever, Any photo in these albums was me staring at a hot dog or eating a hot dog. 
Now, if you want comfort and reassurance, you do not go to Jeff. You do not. It's an absolute not. You do not go to him. You go to Cheryl. Cheryl is going to give you every compliment in the world. She will find a way to praise you even when you are at your worst. All right? Jeff, he's going to point out the obvious that in those moments you don't want to hear, but you're going to hear, and then you're going to have to swallow it and take it like a man. And so, of course, my mom is giggling, laughing, going, you're so adorable. And I literally look at my dad and go, what's wrong with me? He goes, Amy, that's all you did. That's all you did. That's all you did was eat hot dogs or stare at hot dogs. I (laughs) lost my shit. And my mom's like, oh, stop it, Jeff. That's not all she did. And he just looks at her unamused and goes, all she did was eat. (laughs) I'm telling you, if you want the truth, you go to Jeff. If you want a little bit of coddling, you go to Cheryl. So now this dynamic used to piss me off, right? Like hurt my feelings, anger, upset me, frustrate me beyond belief. I was tormented for like half my life, wondering who do I listen to? Where do I go? Who's telling me the truth, right? Is daddy just mean? Is daddy just a bully? Is mommy just a liar? Like what is happening? Nowadays, I recognize that between the both of them, that created me, right? Like I am a little bit of both of those two types of personalities. I will give it to you straight I will comfort you, I will praise you, I will have immense compassion for you and love and express that. At the same time, I will point out the obvious and tell you where it's at. Amy, all you did was eat growing up. This shit doesn't hurt my feelings anymore, but for a long time it did, right? And that's what I want to get into today is the fact that You could look at something one way for a long time. I'm 35, right? I don't know exactly when everything kind of shifted for me in terms of how I perceived both my parents, but I'm usually working in the present moment. So I could say that some of these realizations are current in terms of our dynamics and how I feel my personality has evolved from both of them. Because for a very long time, I felt like I couldn't give them credit for things because I was in too much pain. Once I worked through a lot of pain that I was feeling and emotional stuff and, and how I experienced life growing up, I was able to remove all of that stuff and see things from a different perspective. So Now it's just really fun to be around my parents while I could tell you probably for the first half of my life, I hated it, I resented it, I was annoyed by it. Even at family gatherings, I isolated myself and and went off into a room all alone and just hung out by myself because I didn't want to be included in anything because I didn't know how to take the information I was receiving or process it or work with it on any level. So I just kept taking it personally, having my feelings being hurt, 
and then crying about it silently because I felt like nobody understood me. Now it's all fun and funny and easy, and that was what I was always wanting. I wanted to feel like I could get along with my family and enjoy their presence, and I'm so thankful that I got into doing this work on myself, and now I can help so many other people do it as well. Like the amount of text messages and emails that I received on Mother's Day from current clients, from previous clients, thanking me because it was their first time saying I love you to their mother or being around their mother and having it be really genuine and an easy interaction Oh, it melts my heart completely because I know what it feels on both ends of the spectrum, right? Needless to say, back to my story. So these this lunch was really great, and, and I have developed over the years a really honest dialogue with my parents. And so we were talking about things here and there, and I said to my dad, and I've never said this to him, and I have thought it many times, but I thought I might hurt his feelings. And he is somebody who doesn't communicate his emotions, and you never really know how he's going to react. Is he going to make a snarky, sarcastic comment? Is that coming from pain, or is it coming because, like, he's just trying to be funny and witty? You never really know, right? Is he going to just go silent? Is he going to get angry? What is it going to be? These days, I really don't focus too much on it because I'm only worried about what leaves my mouth and am I proud of it at the end of the day. So this was a really, really recent realization that I had regarding my father. Now, I was always the opposite of what I was, I'm was. i about to share with you. So I share with them at lunch, I said, you know, my whole life, I always thought that I wanted somebody that wasn't like you, daddy. Like I wanted to date a man that wasn't like you at all. We could see, like with all due respect, how that may come across and make somebody feel, right? Like that was where I was always at, that I thought I didn't want somebody like him because for so long I thought, oh my God, he's so mean to me. I'm not going to be able to handle this. I always feels like he doesn't even like me. I probably need somebody a little bit more like my mom, but then I find that annoying. So I don't know, maybe I need somebody who's like right in the middle. So I continued. I said, I always thought I didn't want somebody like you. I didn't want to date somebody or end up or marry somebody like you with that type of personality. But I have realized that Yeah, I do. Now I do. Now I actually do because what has come to the surface for me is the recognition that I am the same exact way he is. Like I said earlier, I have realized I am the best of both of their personalities. I have my mother's level of compassion and expression of emotion and love and all of that. And I have my dad's snark and sarcasm. And for a very long time, I labeled one bad and one irritatingly good, but annoying nonetheless. And I, as I continue, because we're always, we're always doing this, at least I am, 
I'll speak on behalf of myself here, we're always discovering ourselves and uncovering new layers. And I have just recently had the, the epiphany that I am a little bit of both of them. And yes, sometimes I don't always practice what I preach because I am human and I tend to, you know, go blind to things like a lot of us do. And so sometimes there were things annoying me about both of them that I didn't want to look at in myself. And recently, as I have, it's really changed my perspective and understanding of me, my understanding of them individually and together as a couple, as well as my interactions with other people in my life. They drove me nuts for years. And I always said, I don't even want a relationship like they have. And I and I don't. I want my own, right? Like, I want my own version. They've been married 40 plus years. God bless them. It's obviously working for them. But being a witness to it and lacking my own, you know, understanding of myself and other humans and emotions and all of that stuff made me look at it one way and judge it. And that's what we all tend to do, right? We tend to limit our perspective, look at something, judge it, label it good or bad, and then kind of put it in a box over there wherever the good and bad stuff is existing in our minds and forget about it until something else comes up that irritates us and it's similar and we we go through that same process again and we just pile on all this bad stuff and resist, resist, resist. And my goal in life and doing this, talking to you on this podcast is to help you look at yourself and look at those other people in your life and connect these dots to realizing that those things that annoy you most in other people, they're in your yourself. They're, they're resistance. That annoyance is resistance to you looking at you and recognizing, oh, wow, like, is this something that I'm not accepting in me, because that's what it was for me, plain and simple. I didn't want to accept the fact that I am a sarcastic son of a bitch sometimes, and other times I am so kind that it can probably confuse and annoy the shit out of everybody. So yeah, I tell them this. I said, yeah, I I never wanted to be ending up romantically with a man who had the same personality as you. And I have come to find that mm, I like it more than somebody who's irritatingly nice all the time. I need a little edge or I get bored. I need mental stimulation or I check out instantly. Challenge me. Challenge my mind. Challenge my wit. Right? And encourage me to be a better person because for a long time I looked at my dad's little comments here and there in regards to maybe something I was eating or something I was wearing or if you ask him do you like my haircut he kind of shrugs at you and he goes "Mm, I like it longer or "Mm, I like it blonder he's always going to give it to you straight right and I appreciate that just as much as I appreciate my mom hugging me and soothing me when it would hurt my feelings as a kid, right? I appreciate both of them so much now, but I have found that 
I resisted it. And I resisted it to the point that I was determined to find the opposite when really I had to stop and look at myself and go, I am these things as well. I actually like these things. So why am I in such a state of resistance and judgment to these things when I really wholeheartedly appreciate it? Who wants to walk around having somebody who only praises them 24-7 when you're not a perfect person, you're not doing everything right all the time? You want somebody who's a supporter of you, encourages you, but can give you constructive criticism as well. And you have to be confident enough in yourself and your abilities to be able to take it. They both really enjoyed hearing me express that to them. My dad got like this smirk on his face and his eyes kind of lit up. And my mom got a little teary-eyed and emotional. And she was like, oh, that's so wonderful. And then, you know, she pulled a Cheryl and she went, what about me? What do you like about me? (laughs) They are really the cutest human beings on the planet. But, Let's rewind. I told you this episode is about control in relationships, right? And now that I've painted that picture for you of the now relationships that I have with them both, I need to tell you where it started and how it felt and how I perceived it. Because the truth of the matter is, Cheryl and Jeff are the Same Cheryl and Jeff, they've always been. Have they evolved individually as people? Yeah, they have. You can't say nobody is growing around you. Everybody is growing at their own pace. Everybody is improving little things about themselves. But if you look at the whole picture and just like these specific personality traits that I've kind of pointed out to you in the last few minutes, those have not changed. My dad has always been super sarcastic and and critical, right? And my mom has always been super kind, at times needy, and things like that. They're the same Cheryl and Jeff they've always been. What changed? What changed was my perspective of what I was looking at. I filtered it one way for a very long time, and I took it personally. When you take anything personally, you're going to wrap a whole storyline around it that's going to hurt you. I never felt like they loved me. You've heard me say this countless times. That's how I filtered the situations. And I have said to them in recent times, I know you love me. I know you always loved me. I just never felt like you did. I wasn't blaming them. I was saying this is how I interpreted the situations and the conversations. That's what people miss in what I'm saying. They don't recognize that if you pay attention to my words, there is no blame. There's only personal responsibility that I'm taking over my own filtering system. How I perceived how I was spoken to, how I perceived how I was being treated was through a filter that labeled it as you're neglected, you're not loved, you are abused, you are abandoned, you are all of these things. That's how it translated for me. 
But the truth is, that's not what was actually happening. And that is what a lot of people get stuck in. They don't want to understand that, yes, even as children, we're still little human beings with our own little filtering systems. And unfortunately, if you weren't equipped, and I wasn't, nor were my parents equipped to educate your children on what's happening or just to shift your dialogue with them so that it's received a certain way, in a more loving way, right, then yeah, you toss a two-year-old into a room with, you know, some 40-year-olds or whatever who are just shooting the shit and talking to you like they talk to each other and not maybe factoring into the equation that she's not going to receive this information in an appropriate fashion, I'm giving you hypotheticals here, then, yeah, you're going to apply your own meaning to it. And that meaning is going to be valid for you and it's going to stick. And then you're going to assign that meaning to anything that feels similar to that in life. So that's what I did. I took my dad's snark and sarcasm and constructive criticism and I labeled it bad. I said he was mean. I said he was a bully. I said he didn't love me. I said he actually hated me and didn't want me because he was critical of me. Nobody educated me that his intentions were good. He would say it. It would take him a while of me crying and screaming and then my mom screaming at him to apologize to me for him to get to the place where he goes, oh, you know I love you, which was not a healthy way to communicate to a child who was misinterpreting the information, right? But he was doing the best he could. And that's also what people fail to realize. So I interpreted all this as mean, bad, no good, right? I judged it. And then I just felt like daddy's controlling. Daddy is a dictator. He is a controlling dictator. And that really, hands down, was I I would straight up say that. You know, we have a percentage of German in us. And I would, when I got really hurt and upset, I'd go, daddy's Hitler. And no, that did not go over well, trust me. But that was how I interpreted it. And that is how a lot of people interpret that type of behavior now. Why? Because they are too committed to blaming and playing powerless victim. You're not going to get very far in life if that's what you want to be committed to. I pulled the same thing with my mom. Again, because I lacked awareness. I lacked understanding of the behavior, of the communication. I was a child tossed into an adult environment. That's what we are when we're kids. We're tossed into an adult environment. And if the adults are still functioning in certain ways and maybe not factoring into the equation that they've got to adjust some things because now there are children around, they maybe have to like you know, cultivate an environment that's going to allow that child to flourish. And the way you do that is by providing more positive reinforcement than negative reinforcement. I'm not saying you withhold one or the other. I'm just saying that you cultivate success in a human being's mind and body when you give that positive reinforcement. When you're a child like me who was getting maybe a 50-50 split at times, maybe you know, different percentages here and there, it became confusing because I didn't know which was good and which was bad, which to listen to, which not to listen to. 
So I labeled my mom's behavior bad and no good too. She felt nicer, right? Through my little innocent eyes and filtering system, she felt nicer because she extended way more compassion than he did at times. But I still labeled her behavior as controlling as well. Every time she tried to defend me to him because she saw me hurting, she didn't know what to do in those situations. How do I comfort my child? How do I communicate with my husband that his behavior is not really translating well for my child? So instead, she'd comfort me, she'd yell at him, then he'd get mad at me and resent me for making her mad at him. And it was this vicious cycle of fuckery my whole life. And that's the thing. My parents maybe didn't have the emotional education or weren't equipped with the ability to communicate in a different way, right? So in that particular scenario, my mom did exactly what she felt she could or what she had seen been done by her parents or anybody in her life experience. She thought, okay, let me comfort my child and let me scold my husband for making my child cry. But when you start to educate yourselves on, you know, the dynamics of human beings and behavior and how to communicate and how to set boundaries, all things they really don't teach you or educate you on in school. I mean, we're learning, we're learning, you know, math and geography and all of that stuff. But the reality is, is like I'm sitting here at 35 with a calculator and I've got a, a, a map and a GPS on my phone, like. Do I need those things? Um, yeah, sure. We all, we need all those things we learn in school, but do we have tools that help us use utilize that stuff now? Yes. Unless I'm going into a career path where I'm working with numbers, I don't really need to take so many years of math. What I do need is to know how to function alongside other human beings because that is going to affect my interpersonal relationships, my career my parenting style and how I communicate with everybody in my entire reality. I viewed both of my parents' behaviors as controlling in different ways, right? Like I felt like my dad was trying to control me. I felt my my mom was trying to control my dad. It then created like stories in my head of like mom is controlling and mean to daddy, but daddy's mean to me. So I don't really know whose side I'm on at this point because like this is a fucked up story in my head. And then I felt like I didn't know what love was because that was the story I created. And I was like, well, I have no idea what real love actually feels like because this feels like a hot fucking mess around here. So then Amy enters into friendships. Amy enters into romantic relationships. And Amy doesn't know what the fuck to do. And this goes for all of you. You repeat what you see. So I acted crazy. Why? Because like, I was tormented in my head. Do I act like daddy? Do I act like mommy? Do I act like me in the situation in relation to mom and dad? I don't really know how to act. Nobody has equipped me with the knowledge. So this is where I want to end this whole spiel that I'm on. I want to equip you with the knowledge of what love actually is. How do you act in situations, right? And you're going to probably sit there and ponder to yourself, bitch, how are you going to tell all of us how we need to act? Because it's a very simple answer. That's how I'm going to tell you how to act. It's a very simple answer. Love is a very simple definition. 
Love is ease. It's acceptance. That's what it is. It's self-acceptance in those moments that you feel controlled or rejected or criticized or judged by somebody else. It's self-acceptance in those moments. It's acceptance of those other people you feel judged and criticized by. When you can get from resistance to acceptance, you're successfully in a state of love because now you're allowing everybody to be who they are rather than judging and trying to control and change them so that you feel better while you're in front of them. You see, I'm going to say something that's probably a little bold and ballsy, even for me. But when we talk about childhood trauma, it's only traumatic because of our interpretation of it. I went into that on the previous episode. In this episode, what I want you to understand that is another layer of that topic, I want you to get that your parents or guardians weren't trying to hurt you, even when they hurt you. When you can take personal responsibility for how you filtered situations and labeled and judged them from your innocent little mind and way of thinking at that time, it makes them innocent as well. But if you are so stuck on making them the villain and making yourself the victim and then having a pity party the rest of your life, well, take it from me. It's not going to play out very well. You're going to act crazy. You're going to end up in situations where you want to blame everybody else when You're the common denominator in all these people's lives. At a certain point, you've got to get to the place that I just expressed I'm at, where you can sit in front of the people that you felt like hurt you the most in life, and you can smile at them and say, hey, I was wrong about what I once thought and said. And by wrong, I mean I interpreted it a certain way because of where I was at in life. And it hurt me. And once I moved through the hurt, I really like you. Matter of fact, I love you and I can accept you for who you are. I can accept Jeff for being the way he is. I can accept Cheryl for being the way she is. I can accept myself for being how I was for so long and how I am now. I can accept my perspective of her all of these situations and how it has evolved in time. I don't hold anything against me for interpreting it the way I did for so long and for having allowed it to unravel itself and and get to this place now where I see it differently and I can talk about it differently because that growth, that's significant. That says, hey, look, she never stopped trying to understand herself. She never stopped growing. She never stopped learning. She was capable of owning her shit when she had maybe every opportunity in the world to blame it on everybody else. I wish you that. I wish you that experience to be able to get to a place of ease with yourself where you are in full self-acceptance. 
You can forgive you. You can acknowledge where you're at. You can express it. And you can look at everybody in your life and work to achieve that as well. Work to achieve accepting who they are, even though they're maybe not exactly like you, maybe even though they have different views of the world and opinions, you can still accept them and allow them to be who they are. You can still spend time with them. You can still be around them. I get so angry when I see other people speaking of childhood trauma or anything in relation to you know, parents um, creating trauma in in their child's life, no matter at what age it is, right? Like setting boundaries with parents, communication with parents. I see so many other people saying, just cut them off, just cut them off, just cut them off, just cut them off. Again, check out the last episode. I went into this there. I get so upset by it because I, had I gone to anybody else for help, they probably would have told me that based on the story I was telling them. If you listened to anybody coming to me when they tell you stories about their parents, if you were in my shoes, you might want to say the same thing instinctually to them. You might want to react and say, I would just not hang out with your mother anymore. Mm -mm, No, I wouldn't do it. I don't do that. And then look what takes place. A complete 180 you know, a complete evolution of that relationship. It's not one-sided, you know. When, When there's a change in a relationship, yeah, it's usually your perspective of it, something that you've smoothed out in your mind to allow yourself to have an easier interaction with that person. But that person has to be at a level where they're allowing it too. You know, I've been so open and honest with my parents over the years. Like, I appreciate beyond belief that they are capable of just hearing me. They have, I'm sure they have private conversations and their opinions about it, but they hear me. And I'm going to cry. And that is amazing to, to be able to communicate to you and acknowledge because amongst other things, that was one thing I always said I didn't get growing up. I never felt heard. And I always was heard. I really always was hurt. I just couldn't see it because I thought it had to look a certain way or sound a certain way, and it does not. Needing for it to look and sound a certain way is your own judgment of the situation and your lack of acceptance for how other people operate. Everybody expresses themselves differently. Everybody behaves differently. Everybody has different personality types. When you understand love, right, or being in love, I explained this to a client recently, and I said, do you know what being in love actually means? Like, do you, do you know the Amy definition of being in love? And she was like, please tell me it. And I'm like, when you're in love with somebody else, it's because you're in such a state of allowance with yourself while in front of that person, you are fully allowing yourself to be, to express, to behave like you do, right? Your full state of being is coming through while in front of that other person. You feel at such ease in front of that person that you allow all of that to come through because you are in a state of love with 
them, and you. That doesn't happen all the time with everybody you interact with. It doesn't happen in every romantic relationship for fuck's sake. You know how many people come to me that have been married for years that are like, I feel like I just can't be myself? Well, if I was going to say anything at that point that was stupid, I would say, well, it sounds like you're not in love with that person right now. Does that mean it will change? Absolutely. Does it always when they work with me? 110%. You know how many marriages I've saved? I mean, mic drop. I'm just, you know, sorry. Couldn't help myself. The point is, is that that's what you want. You want to be in that full state of allowance with you so that when you're in front of other people, you fully allow them to be who they are too. And then, drum roll please, I'm not going to do it because I don't have that high tech of a mic and you're just going to hear like, if I try to do a drum roll for you. Then you have successful relationships. Then you find the one, so to speak. Then you can fall in love because you are in such a place of ease with you. 